You are listening to From the Maker to the Maid podcast. Hello, and you're very welcome back to season three of From the Maker to the Maid podcast. My name is Barry Power. And I'm Damien Walsh. Thanks for tuning in. So this season, we'll be looking at current events and how they may have an effect on creatives. We'll have some more guest interviews and some really interesting reviews. So stay tuned and enjoy. From the Maker to the Maid podcast is now proudly sponsored by Aru Coffee, A-R-R-O-O-Coffee.ie. Aru Coffee have kindly given us a 10% discount code for all of our listeners. So if you go to the website and use the code from the maker 10 you can get 10% off your next coffee order. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about the uh, Joe Rogan and Neil Young controversy. So there's a lot of different layers that we're going to dig into here. Um, but let's just kind of talk about it at a high level. Um, a high level, next, yeah. At a high because level. We, we have many leather-bound books. There are many levels. <laughs> We have some many are high, PhDs. <laughs> some are kind of medium. Um, yes. But yeah. Call us, call us doctors. So, MD Barry, what, uh, what's you, what, what are your thoughts at a, at a very high level about what okay, happened? Okay, the opening level was um, Joe Rogan had, well, he has many guests of, uh, you know, that are controversial, should yeah. we say? Um, but there seems to be one in particular, a doctor he had on just before Christmas, um, that was kind of sparked the most backlash about him spreading misinformation on COVID and things. Um, so in response to that, Neil Young decided he wanted to remove his all of his music from Spotify. Because he didn't want to be associated with, with um, a platform that had the Joe Rogan podcast on it as well. Yeah. Which I think was more about him not wanting to have it associated with COVID misinformation and things. I think it was less, it wasn't like personally against Joe Rogan, even though he did say you, you can have Joe Rogan or me. But uh, I think it was more of a broader reason yeah i think it was more that you can have the joe rogan podcast i i don't think he has a a major issue with joe joe rogan himself personally yeah Yeah. um so yeah what do we think about this so i suppose (laughs) when when i first when i first heard about it so we'll you know, think about what what was your first reaction and then what happened when you actually looked into it a bit more. So so my first reaction is um that's Neil Young um pushing sponsor uh, Spotify to censor somebody. So uh, you know if I was just that to was, look that at was the what you thought headline. First. Yeah if I'm just looking at the headline Neil Young says uh, it's Rogan or me. He's spreading misinformation. I don't want my music on uh, things, so get rid of him or I go. Yeah. So in I a sense, it's, it's, it, it's it, I, I thought it was Neil Young saying, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it is get, get rid of him because he wasn't on any other platform at the time. So it's not, it's not only like get rid of him yeah, from well, Spotify. I, I suppose objectively speaking, that is yeah. that is pretty clear. I suppose from yeah. a personal level, when I 
when I heard it first, um, I thought that seems a bit extreme. Um, cause like I've dipped in and out of the Joe Rogan podcast and he's had plenty of guests that are, are great. Um, and pretty entertaining, but I always saw it as like a piece of entertainment, you know, it was like, he'd have a comedian on and it'd be funny. And, um, I, I thought it was pretty harmless. Um, and really it's only in the kind of researching for this episode that has opened up. Well, he was, uh, really controversial. Like I wasn't naive that he was saying controversial things that I didn't realize. Um, I just wasn't following it that closely, but I think when you do dig into it a little bit, um, Neil Young had cause to, uh, um, to use his, to use his, um, back catalogue as leverage, I guess. He Um, honestly felt strongly about it. Yep. Um, and like, I, I do think, you know, that, that particular episode, um, Robert Malone, it was a little bit careless. Uh, you know what you were, you know what we were, we were chatting earlier, and you were saying, you know, like he kind of jumps from point to point and says things that you know, and doesn't actually clarify too much about you know what he's actually talking about. But if someone's if someone's just to take you know one of his core points, like you know the lipids in. Uh, in the M, the you know the the Pfizer vaccine uh, could, could potentially cause um, uh, you know women to uh, have issues um, with uh, like having children. Yeah, so that's one of his points, right? Uh, and he learned that from doing a study with um, Hasidic Jews who close closely monitor the. Um, uh, their population and their uh, their women, because they want to ensure that they have kind of continued um, population growth. So they they did some kind of study or whatever. But it, it was, <clears throat> I suppose, there there were a lot of points that someone might just take and then just go right. That's gospel, or that's, um, you know, he said this, so therefore, I can't do the vaccine. It just depends on on what your, you know, what your perspective is, and whether you actually believe this guy or not. Like, um, but yeah, but I think there's an issue there when, um, it's not so much whether you believe him, but you'd put your trust if you're a fan of Joe Rogan, you would put your trust in Joe Rogan, and you'd trust his opinion to bring on somebody who would tell you things that you might believe, and I think. Therein lies the danger because yeah. um, he like a large percentage of his audience is going to um, have a trust in him and have a belief that the people that are, that are saying these things are true. So th- there is, I think there is, um, there is scope to say there is a real danger for people. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you'd I, like to think that everybody's discerning and go, look, I'm not going to take any medical advice from a podcast. Um, but uh, that's not the case. And I think there, there, there has to be a certain level of responsibility. Um, yeah. And there doesn't seem to be that. 
and I, uh, like maybe not just with Joe Rogan, but I think in in general, I mean, the the, the way people can can post things without any editorial consideration at all anywhere and it can get picked up and somebody can believe it as being true like i've listened to joe rogan for years i've listened to to other you know the likes of russell brand and and like russell brand and joe rogan tend to kind of in you know obviously in some cases they'll have you know funny people or whatever but they have a real um kind of want to bring on intellectuals okay so you know and and they have very long form conversations with intellectuals right and and that's where a lot of the difficulty i think comes from because they're bringing on people who are doctors or um you know uh they're they're talking in in their language about particular topics that uh, you know, and Joe Rogan is a you know he's a clever guy. He's trying to break it down. Same with Russell Brand. They're trying to break it down, but not always. The do the listeners, um, get as far down the the tr- you know the road of understanding what that person is talking about. You know, people might just yeah. pick up small elements of it, right? So, <clears throat> and 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 so what I found as well is like sometimes you you might listen to a podcast and you're like. what did they just say and you know and because i want to learn i'll go back and i'll listen to it again and okay got it but if someone's just passively listening to something they might pick up points that can prove quite dangerous yeah and i think like i mean this kind of obviously brings us to the topic of censorship and um like on on one hand people want somebody like joe rogan to be deplatformed completely and you know whatever he said is is bad and that's it we don't want to hear from him anymore and you can you can believe that it's coming from a uh you know a corporation uh you know the like a conspiracy kind of place like the the I don't know, big media and big pharma and corporations and all trying to silence the one true voice in, you know, in Joe Rogan. Um, Or I think um, you can come at it from, you know, just the point of view of uh, you know, if, if he's saying something that you don't agree with, he should be silenced. Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of, it's a, a tricky point because. Uh, yeah, but like, obviously in that, in that particular podcast, he's singing the doctor's praises. He's kind of agreeing with him, but we kind of know Joe Rogan's a little bit. He's not, I don't know whether he's anti-vax, but he's. Well, he, he's clearly um, on the doctor's <clears throat> side. Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that 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 can kind of be an issue, um, in in a sense. But it's a podcast; it's not the news, you know, where you're meant to like be completely objective. Yeah, that's true. But um, there's such a distrust of mainstream media now that people are taking these 
ideas as fact. Yeah. And, you know, some of them may well be facts and you don't know. Um, there does, there's just no uh, editorial layer. And like, I mean, he said himself in his apology, Joe Rogan said that, like, look, I booked the guests myself. I Sometimes I'm not researched enough. Um, I have them on because I want to have a chat with them. And you think, well, that's fine. Um, and, and how do you like, I mean, how do you go about changing that? Because like, just kind of to circle back to the kind of censorship point, it's like. If you drive that conversation underground completely, people are still going to talk about it in a, somewhere else. Um, yeah. And I think it's more important to have the conversation. But how do you moderate? Uh, a conversation with a kind of a preface going, uh, please be discerning about what you're listening to. I mean, that's up to the individual uh, who's listening. Yeah. And people have to take their own personal responsibility for, <clears throat> for listening to a podcast and taking what they take from it. Like, um, like what you just said there, you know, you can't make a decision about you know about your health based on on what someone says on a podcast it's just that's crazy you know go to a doctor or whatever you know it's not um it's it's there uh to to shed light on you know certain factors um but also his podcast is really educational like there's loads of people on his podcast uh that i've listened to you know Yuval Noah Harari and stuff and gone on and read their books and things like that because they're really interesting people that's great and that influenced me and that kind of pushed me to go read some stuff about something that i probably wouldn't have read before so um i think how you how you take a podcast um maybe there just needs to be a bit more education about the fact that you know people can say anything on podcasts so when you're listening do you think to one, if you're if you're speaking about a subject that's as divisive as COVID vaccines, um, you know, then you're inviting that debate. I mean, it's different yeah. if you have somebody who's selling a book. Um, that's one thing. But if if you're actively talking about something that's, um, that like. Science, scientists and medical professionals are specifically objecting to. Yeah, I um, I imagine Doctor Rod, Robert then come Malone along selling afterwards books. and going, "Ah, oh, sure, look, I was only having a chat. I don't really research <laughs> anything, and I just book whoever I think is interesting." Do yeah, you know, like there has to be a certain level of responsibility on Joe Rogan or whoever produces the show to say, "Look, this is going to be a controversial one." Uh, how can we deal with well he probably doesn't care <laughs> which which makes it kind of like which makes it kind of sad because uh, you should care like I mean if it if it does have some sort of influence where it could actually hurt somebody not that, like I mean I said wor- worst case scenario could do that I yeah. think it's a bit extreme like I mean I don't believe in in that kind of censorship either though so I'm, I'm a little bit torn about how to. Uh, but okay, to here, here, here's one like you know, I I have a 
I've a one and a half year old, right? You, you've got older kids, you know, like if they decide that they want to watch, you know, listen to podcasts and um, given all of this stuff, you're probably going to curate what they want to listen to in a sense at, um, so, at some level. Up to a point. But I think yeah. there, like there, there was a real turning of the tide from say a generation who would have only had a certain amount of news media to the Donald Trump generation who uh, by just arguing against something and calling it fake news you can discredit any uh, piece of information you like. I don't believe you that's fake news. Even if it's like the sky is blue no it's not. You're fake newsing. Um, and I think once you kind of open up that door, it's like, where do people get their information from? It's going to be from people that they feel that they can trust. And that's going to be like somebody like Joe Rogan, or it's going to be somebody with a massive podcast or someone like Russell Brand. And, <clears throat> you know, they'll feel they have a responsibility to be authentic to their audience. And that's fair enough. But where where does the line get drawn between, you know, properly moderated? You can't like, I mean, if somebody was writing an article in print journalism, you know, 20 years ago, did you ever see that movie um, about the Watergate scandal with um, yeah. uh, what's it, all the president's men <clears throat> and the amount yeah. of fact checking and scrutiny that they had to go through to to publish that article. Yeah. And could you imagine if Richard Nixon just was like, oh, that's fake news. I just, <laughs> just uh, like dismiss that. you. I dismiss you because I don't believe that that's right. And I think that that's a real shame that uh, that kind of scrutiny about what people can publish um, in terms of like, are their facts correct? Are they... Uh, quoting from a reputable source like we, we even had trouble um, putting together this episode you know it's like well we yeah. found some we found all these articles online and we found um, and you can 20,500 news articles which ones are written by <laughs> genuine people which ones yeah. are written by people who have like some sort of a motive for ki- clickbait or it's a uh, yeah, this is one of the many rabbit holes <laughs> I disappeared down um, researching this this particular episode. Okay, so so here, here's here's a scenario, right? So, um, you could you could in in some way you could say a Joe Rogan podcast is like kind of like a new version of a talk show in a sense. Okay, so a talk show obviously is not as long form as a pod- podcast, but, um, you know, people are brought on to talk about X, Y, Z. Right. So. If. If, for example. Oprah Winfrey, right, probably about the same, <laughs> you know, probably obviously a lot more popular than Joe Rogan, but you know, huge, right? If Oprah Winfrey um, was able to just bring somebody on her 
her her TV show and had no questions like outlined for herself and it was just okay this is you know the, here here's this doctor guy <laughs> and we're going to just have a chat yes like how would that how would that play out like do you well, think I'd, i'm sure was gonna... the, i'm sure people would uh would would look at that going well oprah has them on so obviously they have something really important to tell us yeah but would she get in trouble um she wouldn't be let but she probably wouldn't want to either no but just like say, say say the exact same so she had dr malone right yeah <laughs> and she was chatting to him for an hour she didn't do any research and he just starts firing off all these things about blah 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 and it was a live show so it wasn't edited and that's just what they talked about and th- and they talked about the same thing well, do you not feel that, like, the amount of influence Oprah Winfrey has, that do you think that would be a, you know, a measured thing to do, or would it be kind of a reckless thing to do? Re- no, totally, re- like- totally reckless. Totally reckless. But would there, be com- w- would there be as many complaints because Oprah Winfrey is not Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan is... Uh, a little bit on the outside of things. Like, so, do you, so thinking about the backlash to this, like, do you think that many people have complained about um, Joe Rogan? Like, obviously, there was the later incident, um, incidences, <clears throat> which caused like the whatever 70 plus episodes to be taken down. But even before that, yeah. Um, the backlash to the Neil Young thing. It was never really a, it was never really an issue. Like, I know Spotify came out and was like, we support Joe Rogan. <laughs> We're going to keep him forever. But um, I don't think Spotify had to do that. I think if Spotify hadn't said anything, life would have still went on. I don't think yeah. there's any danger of like, um, I might be in the minority here, but I think like um, this idea of of cancel culture um, is not is not as real as people think it is. I think like Joe Rogan has a big cruise ship, and you know, there's there's going to be not much sinking of that cruise ship unless. You know, unless something really, really bad comes out about him, like worse than some of the shit that's come out about him already. Yeah, but like there's always someone giving out about something, right? I mean, Ryan Tuberty says the wrong word on The Late Late Show and the following day he's like getting murdered in the media. Like, you know, it's just and that's just because he, you know, it's on national TV and you said this word instead of this word or something stupid like you know, like really ridiculous things. And then he has to come out and do a public apology. Like that's happened a few times on the Late Late Show because it's live and, you know, stuff gets said or whatever. Well, I, th- I think we both broadly agree, though, that like censorship is not is not something either of us would agree with. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see uh a podcast where somebody has um 
someone on with alternative views uh, cancelled. Um, but I, at the same time, I think there's there's a responsibility there um, for maybe uh, the people producing the show to be a little bit more. Well, then again, I could say, see, Joe Rogan's views are are clearly like anti-vaccine views. So he's probably coming at it from a place of where he feels it's true. So why would he apologize for, uh, or not even apologize, but why would he moderate something that he feels is true? Which kind of gets you into a, into a tricky conversation. Like, I mean, is like, is him not moderating what he's, what he talks about, but maybe like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe recommend people uh, don't blindly follow things that his guests have on. You can't uh, say that either. You can't you know, like say you, that either. You can't yeah. say that either. You can't go like, you know, Dr. Malone is after talking about a load of things, but, you know, don't take his word for it. Go to your local <laughs> GP. Like, but yeah, you can't, yeah. Do, do your what, own research. What do you meant? You know, what do you meant to say? Yeah. But but that, you know, do your own research is obviously, um, you know, that that's important anyway. But there's not um, there's not a good disclaimer for a podcast. Um, no. I th- and, actually, and that's that's what it makes this so difficult because it's a much broader conversation than. Yeah. Um, it comes down to censorship in general, and then it comes down to the polarizing of people in that some people just do not trust news sources that um and then some people are 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 too trusting of other of other news and information outlets like if i was to say so you know if i if i had something written down here and i say it really convincing you know how many people are bothered to go check like I could be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a PhD and I just have something written down and I've done this and I've done that and done the other. Like, you know, maybe one person out of a hundred people might check. Do you think there's uh, a danger in that though? Do you think yeah, they're, it's so bad. Yeah. You know, is it, good, like, I mean, that's a good example. If, if you imagine of doing that in real life, it's like, this is my friend, he's a doctor. Yeah. And you know. Some, somebody's like joking in a restaurant. <laughs> this is my friend. He's a doctor. You deal with it. Yeah. I'll give no, you some the, free medical advice. There, there's a, there's a, there's a thing on Netflix at the moment. Um, inventing Anna. Have you seen oh, that? The con artist. I haven't yeah. Seen it, but, uh, and it's bonkers. Now, I don't know how much of it's true because when you, uh, you know, when it starts, it says most of this is true apart from the stuff that's not true. Um, and obviously it's sensationalized in, in, in a sense. But she was kind of Russian. I think she's Russian or slash German or whatever. Went over to the US. She had like a, a photographic memory. She's very clever. And managed to get into like the highest of um, uh, society because she knew what to wear, she knew what to dress in and literally getting banks to loan her like hundreds of thousands 
with wow. nothing behind her whatsoever. That's, that's unreal. Because of what she said. So she said she was a German heiress and she was waiting for her, her like 25 million quid inheritance to come through. And then just everybody just latched onto her and like gave her money. Like it was, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's mad. Because there was that um, Orchie documentary about um, there was a ex Kamogi player who had set up a business as an accountant and she was fraudulently claiming that she could buy people's um, arreared mortgages. So oh, right. she'd approach people who were in mortgage arrears and say, I can pay to take over your mortgage and you pay me like a deposit and she was just keeping her deposit and and she did it to like 20 or 30 people like all like 30, 40, 50, 60 grand all by talking shit and having like headed newspaper or newsletters Um, yeah and it's it's scary what what real misinformation can do and uh, but how, it, how easy can someone can be real um, can't lasting effects and yeah. really negative effects. So, I mean, do you and it, like even if there was a disclaimer before some podcast, say some of the information you hear in this podcast may be misinformation. And yeah. we could say the same about this episode. You know, we <laughs> don't know that all, everything we've said here is factually correct. Yeah. Um, they may may have said something slightly different. So, yeah, there's a line there, though, between uh, entertainment and kind of infotainment, this idea of like informa- information as entertainment. And suddenly everybody is allowed to question scientific methods that have been around for, <laughs> you know, that have been around and proven and you can just, well, I don't believe that. That's fake news. You know, it's like, so, did you see that movie? Don't look up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind yeah. of that attitude, isn't it? That it's yeah. like, there's a giant asteroid coming. No, there isn't. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Let's talk about Spotify then. Um, yeah. Spotify. As, yeah. To the rescue. So, protect their investment. Yeah, but like. So, so, so Spotify started off as a primarily music streaming platform, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, anyone could, you know, add their music or, and it was a way for everybody to have a huge reach to, to the world really, you know? So, so that concept, yeah, you know, in, in principle, it's a good concept. Um, but then they start moving into the area of podcasts and that's fine again because you know they're allowing kind of any podcast on the platform yeah um but then including ours yeah so check it out um but then but now it's kind of like um the way netflix do a special it's now joe rogan special or you know, only on Spotify type thing. And if they're going to start acquiring more shows in that way. What happens um, to the music? Well, what? Yeah. So the question, there's one question, you know, what happens to the music? But also, um, 
do they then need to take more responsibility if so it's kind of like you know they're launching these shows that they're funding them now right um and and are they allowed then do what a you know, can they radio come in and tell Joe Rogan show? who they want on the show? Yeah. Um, well, I know he has an exclusive deal with them. Yeah. But I would say Spotify would probably um, really try and distance themselves from in any way being called um, the editor or the publisher. Is it the publisher? Um, yeah. Because I know Facebook had an issue with this, didn't they? Where um, they were like, look, we just host people's content for them. We don't, we're not responsible for making it. Like, otherwise, if a big company took responsibility for everything that was on their platform, the amount of lawsuits would be incredible. Yeah. Particularly something like Facebook or... Or Twitter. But what is, is is there something mainstream that we could compare Spotify to? So like, so for example, I can go on to Spotify and not only is there, you know, us, like our podcast or other kind of funny podcasts or whatever. Other podcasts are available. Yes. But you should just listen to this one. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, um, uh, the the likes of the Guardian, the Irish Times, so all of so it's kind of getting muddled a bit. And I know there's obviously categories, but you have what you're meant, what you know, what what you could, would consider, um, you know, real journalistic, um, companies, um, be, putting podcasts on, uh, probably fact checking. You know, uh, the likes yeah. of the Guardian and stuff like that. They always name their sources and things. You know, when they at the end of the podcast, um, so you got all of that on one side, and then you just got this guy who's really popular chatting to other people who are maybe popular for unpop, you know, for for dodgy things or whatever. Yeah, and uh, how do you? So, like the question, yeah, I know, would be, what you, I know like, what you're saying. He, like, how do yeah, does he not have here? some responsibility now that if he's sitting alongside all of this other? So, like, it's a now it's a broadcast media. But I I don't think that Spotify are going to call themselves that. Um, yeah, and it, like I mean, Spotify we're always going to have to change their model because if you think about it. There's 60,000 songs added to Spotify every day. If you keep paying artists for, like, and obviously the artists don't get paid a lot, but if there's another 60,000 on tomorrow and another 60, you're growing like exponentially the amount of people that you have to pay. You know, and where does it end? Like, it either ends with the, the, uh, the subscription price of Netflix goes up or not for Netflix, Spotify even. Um, yeah. Or they start paying the artists less or they change their model 
and start advertising on um, podcasts and things that are their flagship podcasts or, um, yeah. or self-made um, production. Where is this? Yes, the Spotify mission statement. I saw it on Spotify's website. And uh, from their website, here's their their mission statement, which is always funny because like the corporate speak. Um, Our mission is to unlock the potential of human creativity by giving million a million creative artists the opportunity to live off their art and billions of fans the opportunity to enjoy and be inspired by it. Would you say they're living up to their mission statement? I, I don't know. How many people do you know that are living off their Spotify royalties? Well, Joe Rogan is. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Joe well, Rogan. He's, he's, not, he's, he's probably not living off uh, his his streams he's probably living off the 100 million they paid him to be there um, yeah but like I mean have you made any money off Spotify to be perfectly honest I have no idea how much money I've made off Spotify Um, I apparently they have changed their model a little bit with their royalties where it's not so much um per stream now uh, it's to do it's to do with an average depending on uh, how how popular your streams are something like that and then it's negotiated with your uh, online distributor so when you put up a song you'll go through um, a distributor like CD Baby or DistroKid or something like that yeah. and they've negotiated rates uh, with Spotify on your behalf which I believe is what's happening now. Now, this could be, take that with a pinch of salt. I could be wrong with that if I am wrong. Let us know in yeah. the comments. Uh, <laughs> but th- it, that seems to be their their new model. So you can't actually really say how much people are making. Um, and who knows? And also Spotify are notoriously cagey with their with their data. It's very hard to see um uh where your listenership is and um the kind of a lot of the a lot of the kind of analytical data that you could use to market your music isn't shared from Spotify to artists. Um, yeah, you have to pay for another platform, do you? Yeah. So I think like obviously as a musician Spotify is not great not great um, as a consumer Spotify is brilliant Spotify is like yeah of course I can have every song I want um, whenever I can think of it um, yeah but the, like there's an argument there for uh what what that does to the value of music as an experience, I think, as well. Um, this could be like a more of a philosophical thought here than uh, uh, than anything else. But uh, this this idea of too much choice kind of ruining the experience. Yeah. Um, 
so an example of this would be uh, we have subscriptions to like Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon, I think, Amazon Prime. And if there's a movie of the week on RTE that's available on Disney Plus, my kids will sit down on Saturday at half past six and watch the movie that's scheduled to be on. Um, yet they won't go on and search for it and um, find it on, on the streaming service that we have. So like this idea of like the choice has been made for them already. Yeah. I think there there's something in that. And when you have every song under the sun ever written, um, chances are you probably, you probably will gravitate to stuff you just listen to all the time. Um, you know, you, you won't actively search out music or experience it in the same way as you may have. Um, if you didn't have Spotify Congratulations You've made it to the outro section The end of the podcast It's good to be back again With season 3 Great to have you here And as always We'd like to invite you to uh, Comment, share, like, subscribe All that good stuff And we really appreciate you listening If you would like to be a guest on the podcast or you know somebody who you think might be a good fit for the show where you can get in touch is from the maker to the maid at gmail.com or also you can get in touch with us on any of the socials at at from the maker pod so please reach out we'd love to hear from you